Welcome to Velocity on Christmas Eve. See, for me growing up, Christmas Eve was the best because Christmas Eve was my family's Christmas Day. Did you catch that? So we got to open, as a kid, we got to open all of our presents on Christmas Eve morning, which was amazing because we got to open them a whole day earlier before any of my friends. And so that year-long anticipation of being like, hey, what is the one gift that I really want? I hope to open the next morning. I got to find out a whole day earlier, which is incredibly cool. And I know you guys, have any of you already opened your presents? Have any of you? No. You haven't. Dude. That's my kid. <laughs> All right, so what do you, more than anything else, want to be able to open up tomorrow morning when you open up your gifts? Do you know? What are you really looking forward to? A Lego set. All right, Lego set. What? Baby dolls. Baby dolls. All right. A Lego set. A Lego set. All right, what's the one thing you really want to open up? A Christmas surprise. All right, sweet. I really don't care. <laughs> My sister's gift. What's that? My sister's gift. Your sister's gift? Uh, three-piece present that I'm supposed to get tomorrow. All right, sweet, awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. Parents, you got the afternoon to take care of that. <laughs> hope, hope you're on that and we're taking notes. So here's the thing, I, I've actually got something for you guys this morning. So when you came in, you got an activity book, but in that activity book, and if you didn't, they're back in the basket, uh, here, they're in the back, so if you're a kid and you want one, go grab one. In the, and this is for everybody, like even if you didn't come up on the stage and you're a kid, there is a gift card in the back of that activity book, all right? So if you don't have it, go ahead and go get your gift card from your activity book. You guys go ahead. Well, they're back there in the back on the table. Go. Go. All right, so you can get your gift card, and I need you to, I need you to listen. Um, and you don't have to come back up on stage if you don't want to. I mean, unless you want to, you can come hang out. It's fun. So here, here's the deal. So you're going to get that gift card if you've gotten your activity book. you got that gift card. And there, I have a gift up here for you. Now, Miss Adria, our Velocity Kids Director, is up here to help me out with that. So you can come up, get your gift card, and come up right here where Miss Adria is. And you can use that gift card, and she's got a mini candy cane that you can get with that gift card that you can have, and you can eat on it during the service. And about the time you're done sucking on it will be about the time I'm done talking. Now, here's the, here's the thing that I need you guys to understand and listen to, okay? You can use your gift card now for the mini candy cane, or you can save it for later on in the message for something else. Okay. All right. So you guys make your decision now. Choose wisely. All right. And once you've made your decision, you can go back and sit with your parents. So, all right. Okay, we'll see what happens. So that's about how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> gift cards are great, aren't they? Like, it's fun to give gift cards because they make everyone happy. 
Like the purchaser, they don't have to go through all the trouble of trying to find a meaningful gift that the person who opens it, realize, you know, is like, nah, I didn't really want this. You know, so you don't have to go through that. And the person who opens it doesn't have to take something that they really didn't want and re-gift it sometime later, right? But gift cards are great because you get to go get something that you want, and you're kind of forced into getting something for yourself that you wouldn't normally spend money on. So they're, they're great for that reason. Um, of course, you always leave your gift card at home, don't you? At least I, I do. You forget to put it in your wallet, and then your wife gives it away. So long, Panda Express. <laughs> just get, just, I mean... It's not a big deal. It's cool. it's cool. It's just Panda Express. Maybe you can relate. Like in the moment, you're really excited. You have this, this hopeful, bright outlook or this future that you know you're going to be able to enjoy. But then somewhere along the way, someone or something happens. And it takes away that joy or that future hope that you had kind of put stock in or trusted. And that future slipped away to be forgotten along with your initial hope. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about a misfit Christmas. We've talked about misfits who are broken, misfits who are useless, misfits who feel like they're on the outside looking in. But I think the most painful type of misfit is, is the one who feels like they've been forgotten. The one who somewhere along the way, they've been discarded and they feel like the future that they hoped for, the reality that they were looking forward to has now somehow slipped away and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel in their lives. And I told you a few weeks ago, in the Island of Misfit Toys, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer classic, the end of the movie did not end the first airing. Kids had to write in and say, hey, what happened to the Misfit Toys? You guys didn't write in what, what happened. So they actually shot a whole extra scene to tag on to the end of the movie because we know that's not how it's supposed to end. But if you can put yourself in the position of those Misfit Toys and what it was like to sit around that fire and lament that once again... They've been forgotten. Once again, they've been left to the side and they don't think Santa is coming to go give them a home. Because they didn't come back immediately. They had to wait. And at some point, there's a line for us that we know, like the joy of anticipation starts to go away. At some point, we start to wonder if what's been promised will actually be fulfilled. We start to question whether or not we understood or doubt whether or not the promiser will actually follow through particularly when it doesn't happen within our time frame, the timeline that we would choose or want to have happen. Excitement can turn into bitterness and wild speculation. It could even lead to a rejection of what was promised simply because it didn't show up when we thought it would. Like imagine tomorrow morning you're expecting, oh, it's Christmas, there's going to be trees, there's going to be presents, we're going to do all these things, it's going to be fun, and you walk downstairs and there's nothing. It's all gone. The tree is gone. The decorations are gone. The presents are gone. Like, is there still any reason to celebrate? Is there still any reason to have joy in that moment? Is Christmas any less poignant? Well, it depends. It depends on whether or not you were looking for that self-instant gratification that opening presents kind of gives, or whether or not it was based on something more on what is offered and promised through Jesus because of God. See, some of us, some people are going to receive more presents than they know what to do with, but not experience love tomorrow morning. And some won't get anything tomorrow morning, but they'll have everything they need as long as they receive the unconditional love and promise of the hope and future that Jesus gives. See, what we're confronted with is determining whether or not we're going to choose what will distract and gratify 
or trust in what will sustain and satisfy. And that's one of the key components to celebrating during the Advent season, is understanding that Advent is about waiting expectantly before the joyful arrival of Jesus. And that the Christmas narrative, when we look at it and see the story and the characters that play a part in the birth of Jesus, that it gives us misfits who gives us great examples of how we are, to suppo- how we are supposed to wait expectantly for Jesus' second coming. So this morning, we're going to look at two of those. In Luke chapter 2, the first one that we meet and discover is a guy named Simeon. And here's how Luke describes this scenario in which Simeon gets to meet Jesus 40 days after Jesus is born. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, Simeon, to me, like initial reading, he doesn't seem like much of a misfit. To me, he sounds more like kind of a grandfatherly type, that he's wise and kind, that everybody respects. But he sticks out in some interesting ways. The first thing is Simeon's been waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he saw Jesus. But he is an old man at this point. You read verse 29, and he says, hey, at this point, I've finally seen Jesus. I can depart in peace, and this is great, like everything that I've been waiting for this whole time. So you know that he's lived a good, long life at this point to have this kind of response. Response. Simeon's been waiting a long time, and which you think about his life and how he might live it when he had that first initial excitement of the Holy Spirit come and telling him that he was going to see the Messiah. And you imagine, like, what might he have done at that moment? Would he go tell people, hey, guess what? God just told me that I will get to see the Messiah. That's going to happen in our lifetime. And how many people looked at him and said, really? Like, are you, are you sure? I don't know if you've ever gone around telling people that God has told you something directly like that, but sometimes you get looked at a little funny. Especially since nobody's heard anything from God for about 400 years at this point. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's about 400 years where God has not spoken through one of his messengers, not spoken through one of his prophets. Yet Simeon said, no, really, I promise this happened to me. And how many times, how many moments in his life as Simeon was waiting and Jesus still hadn't come yet was Simeon thinking, man, did I really imagine this? Is this really going to happen? Did what I think I experienced, did did that really take place? Because everything I've been waiting on and hoping to have happen, it hasn't. And people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And yet in the midst of that, when Simeon might have thought that God had forgotten about him and the promise that he had made, Simeon remained a righteous and devout man. The word devout that's used there means that Simeon had taken hold of his faith carefully and surely. That it was a measured, thoughtful, intentional response for him to use his life to respond in righteousness and faith and conform himself to the will of God. And when Jesus, because of that, when Jesus the Messiah came, Simeon experienced what all who trust God with their lives come to discover on their journeys of faith, that with God it's always worth the wait. 
After Simeon meets Jesus, there's another misfit who's been waiting for a long time, and her name is Anna. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36, Luke starts to talk about, write about Anna's experience in meeting Jesus. And so he says, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, I just kind of imagine, and this is totally not in the Bible at all, and this is just totally made up, right? But I kind of imagine, maybe Simeon, he's old, he's kind of a widower too, and they both meet Jesus on the same day. And I like to think that maybe, maybe they found each other. Like kind of, and 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 they were they were older and stuff, and, and maybe and this totally didn't happen. It's not in the Bible at all. But here's here's kind of an artist's depiction of what I think they look like. <laughs> Their names could have been Simeon and Anna Claus. You know, it kind of kind of fits. It's for the kids. Just showing a picture of Santa, Miss Claus, for the kids. Anna stuck out for a couple reasons. One. She never got remarried, remarried after she was widowed, which is very strange and would have stuck out in this culture because getting married was a big deal. That's how you were made sure that your family, you were taken care of. That's how you had status in the community. The fact that she would be married for seven years and then widowed and then not be remarried again for the rest of her life was something that would have made her stick out. Also, it's really interesting. I don't know if you've ever wanted to be described as in verse 36, Luke says, she was very old. I don't know if you want to be described like that, but Anna, the Greek phrase actually that, that Luke writes in describing her says, she was very old in her many days. And if you do your math here, because the syntax is, is a little funky when it comes to translating this phrase, um, and, and so it wasn't not saying that she's 84 years old, but she was a widow for 84 years. And you start to do the math of how old she would have been when she got married and all that kind of stuff. She's over 100 years old at this point in her life. She's been waiting forever. She's been coming to the temple and fasting and praying and worshiping every day by herself alone forever. The people around her would have looked at her and thought that she had missed out on so much that life has to offer because she was single and because she was older. And I wonder how many times for Anna herself that she felt like she had missed out as she saw generations of her friends and family and people pass away and she was still there living her life day in and day out. And I wonder how many times she felt alone, not known, and how many times she felt unseen by the people who passed by her every day in the temple. And yet she lived through all of that to see the Christ child presented at the temple. And she didn't just thank God for the miraculous opportunity. She went around and she spoke about Jesus to everyone else who was waiting and hoping for the redemption of the nation of Israel. And just because life doesn't happen on the timeline that we would choose for ourselves or the timeline that we would want, Anna reminds us that while we're waiting with God, we're never forgotten. And that waiting doesn't look like just sitting around not doing anything, but it's so much more than that, that we get to share with others through our lives and words that while we're waiting, they are not forgotten either, and that with God, it is always worth the wait because he's been waiting on us all along through Jesus. Now, if you kept your gift card, uh, Miss Adria is going to come back up, and now is the time where you can come and use your gift card for the, uh, the thing that you've been waiting on. 
So initially, if you use your gift card at first, then you got a mini candy cane that you could have had during the message. Now, your gift card gets you two full-size candy canes. And I know you're just blown away by that, adults. I can tell that you're impressed. But here's the thing. When God tells us that he has something more for us than what we can see initially in our lives that's right in front of us, the thing about him and the thing that faith looks like is that that is always true. What he says and what he promises is always going to be better than what we can imagine, always sitting that's right there in front of us. And if we're willing to wait and understand that he hasn't forgotten us and he's already taken care of it through Jesus, then we get more than what we imagine. But here's the other thing. Even if you had already used your gift card, you could come back up, and I know there's, I think my kid was like the only one who did that. And he was here for first service, so he knew, knew that. He was being an example for, for, for the other kids. So even if you had used your gift card, here's the thing with God, is that you could have come up and still gotten the candy canes. Because, you know, I, I know adults were like, yeah, we would never give up the gift card too soon, but all of us have. All of us have spent our gift cards too soon. All of us have, have given up our gift cards for this you know, momentary feeling of instant gratification somewhere along the way. And yet what God does through Jesus, who humanity has been waiting on and is now celebrating, he takes care of the gift card. That's the message and the story of the hope the new life and resurrection that Jesus gives us. See, the coming of Jesus is a present promise and it's a future reality. When we live righteously and expectantly for the coming of Jesus, we take part in his presence now and we get to rejoice in his coming then. Tomorrow morning, the gratification of gifts will quickly fade, but if our reason for celebrating is built on a foundation that God has already set through Jesus, the brokenness is gone. The feeling of uselessness is gone. The feeling of being on the outside looking in, it's gone. No longer are any of us forgotten. In fact, it's the exact opposite reason that Jesus came. God never forgot. We've always been on his mind. And he's always had a plan for us. And Jesus was born just like us. And he lived a life just like us. Not only are we remembered, we worship the God who became a misfit and took our place so that we could live within the love, hope, and faith that he sustains in us through his Holy Spirit. May we live like Simeon and Anna, righteously and devoutly, worshiping day and night as we wait expectantly because Jesus has come and he is coming again. I don't know where you are on that faith journey. You may still feel like a misfit. You may still feel like you're not really sure where God is in the midst of this timeline and life experience that that you have. And I I just want to let you know, right, we're getting ready to take communion together as we continue our worship uh, this morning. But I'm going to be in the back corner next to that red table, next to those activity books. And I just want to invite you, I'm going to be back there to pray with you. Whatever you have going on in your life. If you're not a Christ follower and you're trying to figure out what, what is the next step for that part of my faith journey, I'll be back there for that as well. But one of the things that we do as part of our worship every week at Velocity when we sit around and gather together at the Lord's table, especially on Christmas Eve Sunday, 
we do that so we don't forget that the combination of the manger and the cross is a reminder that God has never forgotten us and the wait is always going to be worth it when we are waiting on him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for um, the honor it is to be able to respond with worship through our lives for what you've done through your son, Jesus. God, we ask that you give us the, the wisdom to see how you're moving in our lives. God, give us the courage and the patience. Give us calmness to know how to wait expectantly. That, that it's not about just sitting around and waiting for Jesus to come in because we've gotten our tickets and we're in and we're good, but it's, it's also about living out what you've called us to. It's also about sharing that with, with other people. And as we celebrate with family and friends and as we do the Christmas thing and we do the gifts thing and the meal thing and the food thing, that even after all that's gone and even the other things that we're thinking about through our lives and that, that you are moving in and through us so that we get to celebrate year-round. We praise you for that and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.